Today I want to talk about peace. We're living in a culture that is filled with anxiety and fear. It's common for people to say, I'm just so overwhelmed. Um, I have caught myself saying it many times. I'm just so overwhelmed or I'm feeling so anxious. I've talked to several individuals over the past few weeks who have become anxious because of what's happening in Israel. It's, it's really freaking them out, and they're very frightened by it. Uh, maybe those who haven't been uh, given a diagnosis, that is frightening. And it's out of their control what's going to happen. I've prayed with people who are losing their jobs, and they're worried about how they're going to provide for their family. I've prayed with young people who are facing an uncertain future. They don't know what path to take. They feel stressed about making decisions and choices, and they don't know what that right path is. There are truly so many situations that all of us are facing that can cause us to feel great anxiety. Um, This world is full of trouble. On the flip side, we have never had more resources before in any time in history to battle anxiety. We have more education, more discussion, more counseling. We even have medications available to help people physically with anxiety. We also even have therapy pets, pets that now go shopping with us, go on planes with us, go everywhere we need them to go because they help calm us down. Some of you know my husband would like a therapy chicken. This could happen if we push for it, I'm sure, because crazier things are happening right now. But he does not need a therapy chicken because therapy chickens bring therapy poop. And his wife does not want chicken poop. So someone bought him, was that Heather? Did you buy him a stuffed chicken? (laughs) Heather brought him his therapy chicken, so we're good. But with all of the tools, the education, the accommodations that are being made, because this is a real thing, anxiety is a real issue that we are all dealing with. With all of these tools, all of this education, all of this affirmation, anxiety is at an all time high. Anxiety disorders are at in 31%, according to the National Health Institute, of all Americans. So almost half of us have an anxiety disorder, not just anxiety. Why? It's very simple, actually. The peace that the world has to offer is not real peace. The world can provide resources for surviving, coping, soothing, but the world cannot give you perfect peace. God's word makes it clear that there is a perfect peace that's available to you, but it can only be found through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's what Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives you, do I give to you. 
but it can only be found through Christ. It says, let your hearts be, neither be troubled nor let them be afraid. Even in Bible times, Jesus is addressing the need for peace, and he's admitting that the world does have a peace to offer you. But Jesus came to provide a different kind of peace. So what's the difference between the world's peace and the peace Jesus promised us? That's what we're going to talk about today. First, God's peace is permanent, and it comes from the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was leaving the disciples, he told them, it's good that I'm leaving you because I can only be with you in one place at one time, but the Holy Spirit will come and live inside of you. He will never leave you. He will never be away from you. And he will come and teach you what I've said, and he will comfort you with my peace. The Holy Spirit is the peace of God that lives inside of us. This is a peace that remains present even when we're in the midst of chaos and uncertainty. God's peace doesn't change with circumstances. It's not based on circumstances. That's why it doesn't change. Everyone has peace when our life is going good, right? When things are calm, we feel peace. But the Bible tells us plainly we're going to have trouble. He says in John 16, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Anything that can possibly cause anxiety for you, good news. He already took care of it. He already overcame it. Listen to what Isaiah 54.10 says. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Nothing can take or shake God's peace. Nothing. It's a covenant that he has made with you. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, we read, Do not be anxious about anything, but by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I imagine God is like the bouncer at the door right? Saying what can come in and what can't come in. And if you will give him authority and position in front of the door of your heart and mind, he will be the bouncer. He will be your guard. He will be your protector. He will defend your mind and your spirit. He will say not here, but he has to be given that position and authority. God's promised peace for us, but we have a responsibility to partner with God and commit to spiritual disciplines that are necessary to walk in God's peace. In that last scripture in Philippians, God promises to guard our hearts, but he instructs us to replace worrying with praying. He tells us take every single concern 
to God. And when we pray, begin by thanking him for what he's already done. Uh, Tim has already mentioned several times via speaking to us and exhorting us in the word and in the songs about a spirit of thanksgiving and praise, an attitude, a posture of looking to heaven and thanking God for what he has already done. This is vital because thanking God is not just pleasing to him. That is, it's pleasing. But God said to do it because it's a reminder to our worried mind that God has never failed us. He has always come through, and he is a good God. We sang about that today. When we include thanksgiving in our prayer, it begins to shift our pattern of thinking. Instead of thinking of what we do not have and focusing on the uncertainty that we're facing, we begin to replace those thoughts with the sufficiency of God and the goodness of God. Thanksgiving transitions our thoughts by walking us through what God has already done so we can be reminded that God has proven he's able to handle our situations. Praise and thanksgiving are the antidote to anxiety. Begin to praise. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Steadfast means consistent, continuous, not shifting, sure, certain. If we will keep our minds consistently on Christ and on putting our trust in him, he will keep us in perfect peace. Then in Philippians 4, 8, and 9, we read, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, lovely, and admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the peace of God will be with you. Repeatedly, the word of God tells us our peace is not situational. It's not linked to circumstances. Nowhere in the Bible where God starts giving a promise of peace does he bring up our situation. Our peace is directly linked to the quality of our relationship with God and our level of obedience in filtering what we put in our mind and in our spirit. Those have a huge impact on our peace. Many of you um, know my testimony, and some of you may not, but I have a clearance to preach on this because I have lived it. Um, I have been healed from severe, crippling anxiety. Um, yes, amen. Situations where I wasn't leaving my home, wouldn't go to school, was going to be hospitalized because of debilitating, crippling anxiety. God delivered me from panic attacks and from a spirit of fear. And if I could share absolutely 
anything about overcoming anxiety and fear, it would be two things that you have to know. So if you checked out, check back in for like three minutes, and then, hey, you can check back out, right? First, you cannot ignore fear. You have to face it. It is a spirit, and it must be addressed and conquered through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Second, it is not enough to pray against anxiety. You must replace the anxious thoughts with the word of God. One of the reasons I believe that people cannot overcome addiction or mental strongholds or forms of captivity in their mind is because if you think about it, you have this giant hole in your brain, right, and in your heart. And it's looking to be filled. And we spend time filling it with habits, habits, habits. We spend years acquiring these habits, these patterns of thinking. And they become strongholds. And so we want to pray to get rid of them. But once we're rid of them, we don't start filling that hole back up with what is needed to live a life of an overcomer. You must start filling your mind back up with the word of God. God has delivered me from anxiety. Do you think the enemy doesn't try all the time? Oh, oh, all the time. Every single morning and every single night, I go to bed quoting scripture. This is the truth. This is what's going to be my reality. This is what God has said about me. I have to continuously Put the word of God above my feelings, above my thoughts, above my fears. You must speak the truth to your spirit, and eventually your flesh will line up. But you have to take those steps. Jesus told the story of a man who built his house on the sand, and when the rain came, the waves washed his house away because it was built on a poor foundation. But the man who built his house on a solid rock, the house stood firm. We are only as strong as our foundations. So you can pray for deliverance from something. But then you need to build a foundation, a new foundation. If your confidence and your peace are anchored on things that can be taken or destroyed, your confidence and peace will go when they go. It's got to be built on Christ. Not only is it our responsibility to prioritize prayer and getting into God's word to change our thinking, it's equally important to take an inventory of our life and be honest about some of the choices we may be making that are contributing to the anxiety in our life. At our ladies' retreat, we learned about the Sabbath or Shabbat, right, girls? which means to cease, to stop, to resist the urge to continue or overindulge or overdo in any area of your life. When God originally instituted the Sabbath, it was created as a principle, not a day. He introduced the concept after he delivered the Israelites from slavery, and he was feeding them with manna in the desert. 
he told them, do not collect any food on the seventh day. You need to rest. God did this because he knew even though the Israelites were not slaves in Egypt anymore, they needed to be freed from the mentality of slavery. Their instincts had been programmed to overdo it. They were never given a break from work. This made them feel guilty or like they were doing something wrong. Their past helplessness and dependence on someone caused them to become hoarders. They had no idea if their next meal would come. So when they had, they would hoard. They were technically free from slavery to Pharaoh, but they were still living like beggars, even though God himself was feeding them the food. God told them how to gather, and he promised if they would rest, he would provide for them on that day. But they got scared, and they kept the manna, and it began to rot and stink up the entire camp. Everyone was paying for their disobedience. Why? Because even though they were offered peace and rest from God, after a lifetime of slavery, their fleshly instincts were to try to self-preserve, to try and take care of them think, themselves just in case. Some of us don't have peace because we're living in a slave mentality. We have become slaves to our stuff, slaves to our jobs, Slaves to social status, slaves to people-pleasing, slaves to achievement, our children's happiness, a relationship, a habit, the list goes on and on. There's too much of something and not enough Jesus. I call it the take the too much inventory, right? Our homes are cluttered with too much stuff. We can't even use them to relax or entertain because they're not fit. Our schedules are filled to capacity in such a way we don't even have time to look people in the eye and smile when we see them. When I walk through a store and fling the door open and walk through and do not look behind me to hold it, that's when I know, Dina, you're off. You're off. Way too fast. Way too much. You can't even look someone in the eye and smile. Our time is spent with too much thought about the cares of life and things that have absolutely no eternal value. Our minds are filled with too much garbage that we've chosen to take in through our eyes and our ears, and it's clouding our ability to hear God's voice. Our daily routines are filled with too much nonsense. Things that aren't necessary, but we continue to make it a part of our routine, overfilling our day. And then we feel frustrated when we don't have enough time for what's really important. We do this. Sometimes our lack of peace is simply our choice for too much everything else. God's promised peace for those who will make a commitment to keep their minds on Him. If we really want peace, We've got to be willing to make changes in our lifestyle in order to prioritize the things that truly matter. We've got to be willing to let go of possessions and activities in our life that we don't need. As important as it is to understand God's peace, 
before I end, I feel it's equally important to warn you about the dangers of the peace the world offers. Jesus did. He said, hey, I've got peace and they've got peace. You need my peace. Now, before I go on, let me explain that I in no way feel that resources, counseling, things that are beneficial to our health are something we should disregard because I use them. Most of the principles that work in helping you with anxiety are actually principles you can find in the Bible, and that's why they work in the world. And so I would encourage you, if these principles are something you can find in the word, to apply them. But God's peace is permanent and supplied by the Holy Spirit. The world's peace, on the other hand, is temporary and focuses on personal comfort. Listen what the Bible says in Jeremiah. They dress the wound of my people as if it is not serious, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. In Ezekiel, the same thing. They have misled my people, saying, peace, when there is no peace. These verses are referring to false prophets who were trying to bring a false sense of peace as an alternative to the people heeding God's warnings and advice so he could give them true peace. They were downplaying the seriousness of the root of the issues and trying to make the people feel better. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. Nothing's wrong with you. Nothing you're doing needs to change. It's okay. They were simply looking to ease the tension of the moment and make people feel good. Is this not our world? The world will literally ignore the real root of issues in an attempt to please and appease people and make them feel content in a moment. I feel like I'm in a sci-fi movie half the time. Instead of us saying something's wrong and not normal, we will argue for something that is completely irrational, illogical, and unscientific just so we can keep the peace, which is really fake peace, not peace at all. Causes more chaos, more heartache, more depression, more anxiety. The peace the world has to offer you is this, to pacify you, to teach you coping skills and survival skills. They can offer solutions for temporary relief, temporary distraction from your problems, temporary escape from your pain, but it's all temporary. Just like the false prophets in the Bible, the world tries to provide an alternative to obeying what God says we need to live in peace. Their alternative is simply to give you permission to do whatever you need to do to feel better in the moment. Follow your heart, choose you, live your truth. You heard those things? Wow, that never works, ever. Does anyone have an example of how that ever worked and brought true happiness in your spirit? There are several issues with the world's solution. First and most important, your heart is deceitful above all things. Don't follow your heart. Your heart will tell you to do what's easiest and what brings you immediate relief, but relief is not peace. Relief is a band-aid. It's a temporary break away. 
And looking for a quick fix to bring relief is a dangerous path. I already told you, if you don't stand up to fear, fear will come at you even harder with a vengeance. It will not stop until it cripples you. So if I take the easy way out, which is to just stay away from situations that make me afraid and go hide, I can do that and I'll feel better. But then when it comes up again, I'm even more afraid. The next time I'm even more afraid until fear has crippled me and I am its captive. The world is never going to challenge you to reflect on your soul and make sure there's no sin in your life that you need to confess and turn away from in order to find peace. You will not hear you should deny your flesh and seek help from the Spirit. You will not hear that you should consider the long-term consequences of your choice. You will not hear you should consider how your choice affects the other people around you. You will not hear the anxiety you're feeling is from the enemy of your soul. And you need to get in his word and talk to him in prayer and focus more on him than the worries and cares of the world. The solutions you're going to hear from the world are based on easing the pain of your flesh momentarily. This country is in a moral crisis because we've taken the easy way out. Instead of getting people the help they need for issues that are clearly spiritual and psychological, we've gone on a campaign to normalize it. We've ignored God's perfect design for creation, his truth as the only truth, and his purpose for our lives as our reason for living. In a mad scramble and under a cloud of complete deception and chaos, our country has legalized, promoted, and celebrated things that go against the very core of our God-given natural instincts. This has been done in the name of affirmation and love in an attempt to help people. But the world's solution is not working. People have never been more free to choose their own truth and their own path in life, and yet they have never been more miserable. The deception is that we're helping when, in fact, our country's failing them because they're not getting the help they need. Anxiety and depression are off the charts. Suicide rates are climbing. Addiction has touched almost every single family in America. Every family in this sanctuary has been affected by it. Ignoring the issues that cause anxiety and attempting a life of escape from the reality of what's really going on inside us is not the answer. Getting in touch with the creator and learning the plans he has for our life are perfect is the answer. The world's way is robbing individuals of this opportunity because they're no longer being driven to seek God for the answer. Because they're being bombarded and blinded with all these alternative options. Do this. That's why you're not happy. Do this. It'll make you happy. Do this. It's because you're you're too stiff. You're too, you know, you need to just relax. You need to go with it. Let it go. Don't worry about it. And yet people are hurting so bad, even when they're doing what they thought would make them happy. 
We are getting ready this Tuesday to vote. We're voting on an issue of life and death with issue one. I'm going to tell you, this isn't in my notes, but sometimes I or Bob or both of us get accused of not being political enough as a church. Can I just tell you what my strategy is? People will not listen to me tell them how to vote. But if I can 365 days a year, seven days a week, live my life so loud for Jesus that it changes their heart, if you want to change votes, let God change hearts. Amen. Am I passionate about issues as a Christian? Absolutely. But it's common sense. If you're saved, vote according to the Bible. Why do I have to tell you that? It's just common sense. And so as a Christian, can we be as bold about talking about Jesus 365 days a year as we are about our issues in November? Because that's how you're going to change this society. You're not going to change it in November only. You're going to change it by living out loud and by being an answer to the world that is hurting, that is turning to these alternative solutions. That was free. Um, If you would like my resignation, I don't actually get anything. I'm not paid, so you... (laughs) So I don't have to resign. (laughs) But we are getting ready to vote. And you do have a responsibility as a child of God to be a voice for the voiceless. You also have a responsibility to be there for women who are in need and to provide solutions to them. Because we're real good about saying what not to do, but we need to step up and start providing and being an answer If they choose not to, what is our solution as a church to be there for women? This whole issue of abortion is an excellent example of what I'm talking about today. The world doesn't even present the truth of what you're choosing. Instead of saying life and death, we say choice. Sounds so positive. Of course we all want to have independence and choice. They withhold the gruesome details, the pain, the suffering, the feelings of loss, and they focus on the beauty of the relief that is in your future. We will take care of the problem and you will go on your way and be happy. My heart breaks for women who are scared and confused and feel like abortion is their only option. Some of my very best friends in the world have been through abortion. There are some of you sitting in this sanctuary that have had abortions. Many of you face these decisions scared out of your mind. There was no other way out. And then the world came along and had rescued you with a solution, an immediate fix. When the world or the devil present a solution, it's usually a promise to escape your immediate pain and find relief. What is not shared is the permanent scar 
that is traded for your temporary relief. But that's how the enemy works. Beware of solutions that come with open doors for even greater problems and permanent scars. There are things we can choose that may feel better in the moment, but in the end, do they lead to enslavement? Do they lead to broken family? God's solutions always bring healing. They always bring permanent peace and they bring freedom real freedom as opposed to the world who will give you a solution that will eventually just enslave you more. There are things we can do to help us cope, but will they enslave us more in the end? I want to pray over you today. Life is hard. Anxiety comes. We're all dealing with it. Some of you are dealing with anxiety today because there are circumstances that are out of your control and you just feel overwhelmed. If that's you, I'm going to pray over you. And we're here to pray with you at all times. Some of you are dealing with anxiety because of choices you've made that have led you to a place where you just, you don't feel good. You don't feel right. You feel in chaos and you're not sure how to get out. God loves you and he understands. I would invite you, if you don't know Jesus as your savior, he's the peace you're looking for. I would love to pray with you today. I will be here after the service. I will be up here. Come, we will pray together, a prayer of faith. We will talk. He says, cast our cares on him because he cares for us. He wants us to choose him as our road to peace because the road we take with him is the only road that won't leave us with those scars, that baggage, that permanent pain. One last scripture before we pray. 1 Timothy 1.7 For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. This is who our God is. He desires to give you a sound mind this morning. Let's just pray. God, I thank you so much for your Holy Spirit who lives inside of me, who empowers me to be courageous in situations that I am cowardly and I am afraid. God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would seal your words of truth in our heart. I pray, God, that you would just sweep over this congregation with the spirit of peace. God, not not temporary relief, but true peace that even when situations come up that should make us jump in fear, we feel solid. We feel unshakable. We feel secure in your love and in your care for us. God, I ask if there's any part of this that pricks our heart, God, that we would just surrender it to you and let you kind of survey our heart and our spirit and gently teach us and help us to surrender. 
God, I ask for you to deliver anyone in this building that is suffering with an anxiety disorder, with a panic attack. God, in the name of Jesus, I speak your healing. God, I do not accuse them. This is not their fault. This is not something they can shake themselves out of. This is a spiritual attack. And God, I am asking for your Holy Spirit to help them, to deliver them, to come alongside them and let them know that you are here. God, I ask if there are any who don't know you, that you would allow them to realize that's the source of the chaos inside, that they're never going to feel settled until they totally surrender. I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for your promises of peace, God. I thank you that you heal us even when we choose other sources and we make mistakes, God. You forgive us and you heal us, God, and allow us to go on our way. We thank you and we praise you, Lord, for your word. Amen.